This is a podcast by Wellhouse Church, where we take a closer look and dig a little deeper into this week's sermon. How's it reading, Bible nerds? Hey, hey. How you doing? I'm good, man. It's been a long day of recording, but uh, we're nearing the end. Are we're gonna do this one, and then like two more episodes, two, three more two, episodes, maybe three, depending on time. Yeah, yeah. Um, we have recorded a bunch of content today. We have, um, we have. Clayton is getting to go on vacation next week. Yep. Hallelujah. I'm so excited. It is spring break, and I'm sorry for, um, or almost spring break, and I'm sorry for all of you college students out there who didn't get one. Um, yeah, Baylor wasn't going to give one. Nope, they they didn't. I'm actually going to see some friends of mine in Waco that go to Baylor. Um, and they didn't get one? And they didn't get one. Yeah, Baylor didn't give one. Yeah. Uh, Lamar didn't give one either, apparently. Um Dang, dang, dang. And I feel like it's kind of, I understand why they're like trying to allow, you know, instructors to catch up on content, but like after what we just went through as like a state, they need a break. (laughs) Yeah, but you also just got a week off because of that. Was it really a week off when you're freezing your butt off and you don't have power and... Fair. And don't Uh, have access to groceries. It's not a vacation, but it was a week off. Yeah, but like they self care, man. Like it's a real thing. (laughs) I'm not saying it's not, but it was still a week off. Yeah. So now you're gonna get two weeks off. Yeah. Yeah. I I think that's just when you go through your content and you realize, okay, this may not be the most important thing here to talk about. Yeah. But at the same point, like, you're getting two weeks off. <laughs> like, let's not minimize the fact that you're getting two weeks off. Well, uh, I will always advocate for more self-care time. Of course but. you will. Everyone would. But, like, yeah. that's what spring break is for. But you also, maybe it wasn't self-care time, but, like, you didn't have the added stress of the schoolwork mm-hmm. during the freeze time, so... I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, just. Mm-hmm. I think you're. I think you're digging yourself a hole. Oh no, I'm not at all. Oh, I think you are. No, I. I'm on the correct side of this. <laughs> yeah, I'm on the correct side of this. Well, then you can be wrong if you want to. No, um, if you <laughs> sign up for something, knowing the expectations that are required of you, which actually this fits our story today. Kind of does. But if yeah. you sign up for something, knowing what's expected of you, like you shouldn't be upset when you're required to do it. But we signed up expecting to have a spring break. No, you signed up expecting to go for a 16-week semester. Well, for us, it's actually 15, but... Um, <laughs> Even better. Yeah. And you get a spring break out of it? Yeah. Yeah. No, you have zero room to ask for more self-care time. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> okay. We're going to move on. <laughs> That's not what this podcast is in, about. In the words of Jesus... 
the first will be last, and the last will be first. Mm-hmm. Of which you are not living out with oh, what hush. you're requesting. Oh, hush. No, that's what the story says. But you're no, taking uh-uh. what nope. I'm saying out uh-uh. of context. Nope. Uh-huh, 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 uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> no, so the story goes, if you missed, if you missed uh, my story yesterday, Jesus tells us stories about, in Matthew 20, about these laborers in the vineyard. He says, for the kingdom of heaven is like, and it's a landowner, and he owns a vineyard, and he goes, and he goes to hire day laborers. And he goes early in the morning. I think it says about 9 o'clock. Mm-hmm. Um, Verse 3. Yeah. He goes, and he agrees to hire these laborers for one day's wage. Yep. And they go into the field. Mm-hmm. And then he comes back later and finds some more laborers. And hires them to go into the field. Yep. And then he comes back later and does it again mm-hmm. and hires them to go into the field. Yep. It says noon, three o'clock, and then five o'clock. Yeah. So he does it four times. And five o'clock, the last people, they only work one hour. Mm-hmm. And so then we get to the end of the story, and the landowner pays them all one day's wage. All the ones that worked one hour and the ones that worked the full day, yep. they all get the same. And then the ones that worked the whole day come back to him and go, hey, yo. Um, we need more. I, I thought we were going to get some more since you paid them the same as you know what you paid us, and we worked the whole day, and they worked one hour. And the landowner goes, wait, didn't you agree to work a full day for one, a day's wage? Are you mad that I'm generous? Mm-hmm. Like, no. The first will be last, and the last will be first. So, Clayton, are you asking for more money because you've been here the whole time? No. Yes, you are. You're asking for more self-care time. Okay, but I'm. what I'm arguing is that when the freeze happened, that wasn't a time to... To take care of yourself. No, it wasn't. But you, while you may have had some extra stress for the freeze, you were alleviated the expected stress of the schoolwork. That's not true because now we're trying to catch up. Oh, that may be true. It may be more stressful now, but you're about to get spring break. And that's what I'm saying, that we needed the spring break. And you're saying, no, yeah. you didn't. You didn't need the spring break. <laughs> Look, like, I've, been, I've been in college for a long time, in grad school, which is much different. And we've been through times where we took a week off and they mm-hmm. took away our spring break. Right. Or they took away Thanksgiving or they extended the semester out one yeah. week. Mm-hmm. Like, you don't always get this. No. And I don't think it should be an expectation that, that we have to keep it. And with that, maybe not one-to-one, but neither does Jesus. I think the, the point here, and we could interpret this story a couple of different ways, but first, the one that seems super evident to me, the easy interpretation is that no matter when someone comes to faith, like we're all given the same wage. level of grace. Yeah. Yeah. We're all given the same level of grace for salvation. Yeah. Uh, that one seems just like glaringly obvious. Yeah. That. 
whether you come to faith at five, 55 or 85, yeah. there's grace for you equal to anybody else. Absolutely. Um, and so, and I, I know that there are people that know this because I know people who say, well, I'm still young. I'm going to live my life and then yeah. I'll come to faith later. Yeah. It's like, oh. It reminds me of that, uh, that Zach Brown song, No Hurry. Yeah. Right. The, the last verse is, I'm going to get right with the Lord, um, but I, I ain't in no, no hurry, hurry today. today. Yeah. Um, maybe that's not the right attitude. It's definitely Because not. in the story, the people that are still sitting there at five, mm-hmm. the landowner asks them, why are well, you standing around? Why are you standing around not doing anything? And their response is great. Mm-hmm. Nobody's no hired, hired us, us to do anything. <laughs> like Nobody's contracted us. Mm-hmm. And he says, come on. And that's the generosity of the landowner. Yeah, for sure. Right? And as is the case with Jesus. That's the generosity of Jesus. Yeah. Um, that, he, that he freely gives... Um, to those who are contracted late, the same as those who were contracted early. Now, the other thing is, Jesus' own interpretation of the parable in the last verse, verse 16. 16. So the last will be first, and the first will be last. When you hear that, what do you think of? I don't know. I always... It, I always think about your your triangle thing. Yeah. Okay. So for those of you who are not watching on YouTube, you can't can't see this. But if if we think about the world as a triangle, a pyramid, with think about it in in classes, mm-hmm. right? So the wealthy and powerful are at the top, mm-hmm. and then it works its way down to working class or homeless or any of those kinds of things. That's a normal pyramid. Jesus turns it on its head yeah. so that the wealthy and powerful at the bottom and those who are more vulnerable make it to the top. Yeah. And Jesus says the kingdom of heaven is like a landowner who does this. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's, it's twofold. Number one, whatever the kingdom of heaven is like, so should the people of the kingdom of heaven act in the world Yeah, on earth. That's the whole point of this story series, On Earth As It Is In Heaven, that, that the things that are enacted in heaven and, and through the God of heaven should be enacted through the people of God on earth as it is in heaven. And so... What do, what do we do? And I, I'll be honest, as an Enneagram 3, I am immensely guilty of this. I walk into a room, I immediately know who the most powerful, wealthy, and influential person in that room is. My natural desire is to spend the rest of the time that I'm in that room trying to meet that person. Mm. Um, and we do that, right? How often do you see... Uh, out in the world, someone see a famous person and they want to take a picture with them, but yeah. equally there's a homeless person right there that they don't care about at all. Yeah. Um, or just the normal everyday 
you know, Joe Blow, single mom that works three jobs, right? Yeah. Who, honest, who is truly a hero. Yeah, that's what I was about to say. An honest to God superhero. Yeah, yeah, and yet we don't care about them. Yeah, because we don't actually embody living this reality of the upside down kingdom. Yeah, that the first will be last and the last will be first, and. I think we we all want to be first. Yeah. I am so guilty of this as an Enneagram 3. Enneagram 3s want to win at all costs. Yeah. Like, don't care who I got to step on to win, I'm going to win. And I always... <laughs> What are you laughing at? I'm sorry. I was thinking about, so like, if you guys don't know, um, our family likes to play games. Yep. Um, and we were playing spades last night mm -hmm. and spades is a it, team game. Yep. And me and Cullen were on a team and our parents were on the other team. Mm -hmm. Um, and if you, so like the way you end up having to play cards is you have to follow suit with whatever's led. Right. And if you play out of suit, when you still have something in your hand that fits, it's called a renege. Yep. And Dark our 200 points. Yep. And our mom last night unintentionally reneged. And as soon as Cullen realized it, he throws his cards down and goes renege. <laughs> yeah. I, I want to win at all costs. <laughs> Our mother yeah. of all people. The woman who took care of me my whole life. Yeah. Uh, no, yeah. no, yeah. No grace when it comes, no holds barred when it comes to me winning. That's why I was laughing. Yeah. But I, I'm super guilty of this. I, I want to win at all costs. And a lot of times that means, you know, there, there was a time where, I did a lot of travel speaking at places yeah. and I've been guilty. This is just me being 100% vulnerable. I've been guilty of not praying about whether or not I was supposed to go speak somewhere mm. um, and only accepting ones that had the largest venue. Mm. Um, and that's not, that's not the way we live out this reality. No, that's not the way we live out an experience of the kingdom of heaven in this way. Um, when Jesus says the first will be last and the last will be first, it, it's a call to stop trying so hard for advancement. Yeah, that's what the first laborers are doing at the end. They're coming to them saying, hey. We know the terms we agreed to, but like we want advancement. Yeah. And Jesus says, no, you get what you signed up for, which is a life of faith committed to me. And I will give you out of my generosity what is deserving. Yeah. Now, sometimes that means blessing. Right. Sometimes it doesn't. Um, and to live this way that the last will be first and the first will be last is extremely difficult for a lot of people. Yes. I imagine if you're an Enneagram nine, it's probably not that hard. No. Um, especially if you surround yourself with a bunch of people who are trying to embody mm -hmm. this, it's just kind of go with the flow kind of thing. But, 
But for the more aggressive numbers, the ones, the the threes, the eights, the sevens, it's just really hard. Yeah. Can I come at it from a social work perspective for a second? Sure. So whenever I hear this, um, my brain does the social work thing that it does. And it, it is similar to your perspective. It's also different. Um, it makes me think about equity. Mm. The idea that, and whenever I say equity, I don't mean equality. Right. right. I, equity is the idea that there is um, this unlevel, unfair advantage given to one population. Um, and to offset that as a tool to reach true equality, you offset it the other way. Right. Um, and that's what this reminds me of, right? When, when he comes back later in the day and he says, why are y'all standing around? Well, nobody's hired us. We haven't been given the opportunity. We're, we're the last of the lot. We're the last. So, therefore, when he hires them and pays them the same, that was an equitable thing to do. Right. Um, and that is not only how God treats us, that's how we should treat other people as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think... For me, I would agree with you. I think I would ground it in there are some people who need help. They just need a little bit of help. Mm-hmm. Now, notice the landowner's not hiring anyone to be the manager, the superintendent of the vineyard. No, they're all working the same job. They're all working the same job. We're all at entry-level places. Yeah. Um, and so I think that there's something to be said there. We're we're not talking about a specialized thing. They're they're tending, they're weeding, they're picking grapes, they're harvesting, right? They're they're doing things that day laborers that, that do. day laborers do. But I also think that no matter what. There are times where we look at people and go, hey, I think you're probably worth more than someone else. Mm. And the place where this is most common, and it, it seems inconsequential, but it's a good example. I can remember being a kid, and when I was a kid, we played outside a lot. Yeah, We played a lot of team games. And the way we did it, as I'm sure the way most of you did it, is you would pick team captains. Mm -hmm. And most of the time, the team captains were the best two players of the game that you were going to play. Yeah. To get them on different teams. And then they would go through and pick teams. Now, how did you pick teams? Oh, you picked... You picked the best players first. Yeah. Um... Until you got older and there would be that one guy that would be team captain and his first pick would always be his girlfriend <laughs> <laughs> and she wouldn't be good at the game, right? 
That, that's the only time that tradition was ever broken. <laughs> it reminds me of that Friends episode, though, where they play uh, oh, and football. Oh, Rachel. Yeah. <laughs> and, and Monica and Ross are team captains, and Monica got to pick first. Uh, pick Joey. Yeah. Ross, Ross picked pick Chandler. Chandler. Yeah. And then Monica picked pick Phoebe. Phoebe. Yeah. <laughs> and then Ross finally picked Rachel. Rachel. And he said, now, sweetie, I pick you. No, yeah. you don't pick me. You're, You're stuck, stuck with, with me. me. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> that That's a really good example of how this plays out in everyday life. Yeah. Um, and what ends up happening is, is as you go to an area, and if you've ever hired a day laborer, uh, for like a construction job, mm. uh, a lot of times you can go to like little hardware stores and things and you'll see day laborers standing there waiting to be hired. Um, a lot of times they're immigrants, undocumented, like they're just looking for quick cash, but they're, they're skilled in a trade, whatever. And you pick the one that's best for the job. Mm-hmm. And so as they're standing around where day laborers stand, these are the unwanted. These are the ones that nobody wanted. They've, they've come through all day. He's not the only person that owns a vineyard. He's not the only person that needs day laborers. He's come through, and we're 5 o'clock. Mm-hmm. And these people are still there waiting to be hired. Yeah. They can't, they're not giving up, but they just haven't been given a chance. Yeah. Let's, let me just say this um, once, once more from a social work perspective. The conservative view on social justice um, and the classic liberalism view are very similar in these in this way. They put a lot on personal responsibility, um, as we like to call it, the personal responsibility crusade. Mm-hmm. That you get what you earn, um, you get what you put out. Um, the modern liberalism perspective on social justice, which, if you ask me, is what's represented here in this text, is that the advantage is giving given to the disadvantaged. Um, that equity piece. Um, they are paid the exact same for working less hours. That seems like an, an offset, an equity piece there. Yeah, and I don't. Yeah, so say what say what you're saying again. So, like in a different way. Yeah, because it it still is about personal responsibility. It is right. They're working. still standing there waiting to be yeah, hired to yeah, work. Yeah. And For sure, they're not given. Um, what, well, I don't know what my point is, what my point is, and I'm not trying to make an an economic or a political statement here. I'm just, I'm making a general statement on how we should look at and treat people. Okay. The personal, personal responsibility crusade is all about, um, if you didn't work as hard, you deserve less money. Or if you are unable to, sorry, Mm -hmm. right? It was my responsibility. It was my job. I did it. I deserve all the credit. I deserve all the money. Um, Whereas 
the disadvantaged people, the people that nobody wanted, um, weren't even given the opportunity mm-hmm. to be personally responsible. Thus, when he treats them equally and pays them equally, he is giving them an advantage. Yeah. Does that make sense? It's not yeah. a, It's not that you're not working or you shouldn't have to work yeah. or you shouldn't have to put in effort. It's that even if you are disadvantaged in some way, shape, or form, you deserve to... Or the right ethical way to handle it is to help them get there, get to a place where they can be personally responsible. Does that make sense? Yeah, that's fair. I don't, I don't, I know what you're saying and I largely agree with it. I don't like the term disadvantaged and advantage. That's um, just the sociological I, term. I know, I know it is. And, but that's where yeah. I was hung up. I don't, I don't like that term, but you, but you are right to say that, the landowner under, understands their predicament. Yeah. Because he says, why are you staying there idle? And they respond, we're not trying to. We just haven't been, nobody's hired us. We haven't yeah. been given the opportunity. And so he understands their predicament and says, come on. Yeah. I'll, I'll help you. I'll, I'll help get you there. Yeah. Because we, as the people of God, should live according to an ethic that the first will be last and the last will be first.